Welcome to the Empowering Midlife Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with midlife women's wellness and creating the best second half of life. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. I'm a board-certified gynecologist, certified menopause practitioner and hormone replacement specialist, as well as an ICF-certified life and leadership coach and lots of other things. So if you want to check me out and learn about my private practice and other offerings, my website is www www.drsusan.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com. It's my commitment to stay neutral by not accepting advertising dollars from sponsors. So all of these episodes are offered freely. And the best way that you can help this podcast is to share it with your friends, leave a positive review, and also keep in mind this is simultaneously posted in video format on YouTube, where you can find me by searching for Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I have master personal trainer Kelly Workman back with me again. She is going to be one of the co-facilitators of our upcoming retreat in November. And today she's talking to us again about the importance of strength training, especially in the second half of life, and of getting enough protein. And I can tell you those two changes alone have made so much difference for me, and we'll tell you how they can make a difference for you too. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited to have my dear friend Kelly Workman back again. You guys probably remember Kelly is a master personal trainer, amongst other things, also my trainer, and she's trained so many of you as well. I kind of wanted to just talk to you again, going back to basics, because we've talked about so many things here recently, but going back to the basics of probably the most important things that I would say that any person, any woman, especially in our age group, should do for their health, which is movement and nutrition. And so this is really where your specialty is so fascinating to me because with all of this stuff we have to offer, hormones, medications, all of these things, most of health comes back to movement and nutrition, doesn't it? I mean, that can cure the great majority of illnesses. And the thing is that you have to do it yourself. No, you can hire a trainer to teach you and to go with you, but you actually have to do the work. There is no other way to do it. So you have to get movement. You have to lift weights. You have to pay attention to what you're eating. You know, um, I follow the 90%, 90% rule. 90% you do great. 10% you don't do great. So 90% of the time, you've really got to be on point and do your best to lift weights, get good nutrition, all those things. So maybe this is why it's hard for me sometimes. And maybe you're listening to this like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I just want a magic pill, right? I mean, we kind of do. But um, what you're saying is there is no magic pill. We've got to do the work. And then, you know, what, how much do we need to do? You know, traditionally we would say regarding movement, 30 minutes, five times a week. But, you know, science is really supporting now that that's not enough. Yeah. So if you're talking to someone who some of our listeners might be someone who just hasn't adopted uh, some type of exercise program into their lifestyle, how do you start? I mean, what really is a good place to start and how yeah. much do we need to do? The thing is that it's a lot to bite off to tell someone to work out five days a week, to do exercise that. That's too much. I tell someone, if you can give me 30 minutes, two times a week, we can make some improvement. It's not ideal. You need to be walking and doing other things that are not maybe so strenuous, but twice a week, 30 minutes, weightlifting, and you can do other things on your own, just walking outside, swimming, riding your bike, playing outside with your kids, whatever it is. Um, is good. That's a good place to start. 30 minutes, twice a week. So movement can be any of these things, right? Um, I know I don't like going to gyms. Mm -hmm. That's not my favorite thing to do. And I found lots of other ways to get my movement in. So there's a million things you can do. And you mentioned just some activities of daily life. And Mm -hmm. there are lots of tools that many of you have. Apple Watches, Fitbits, all of these things that measure how much we're moving. And those are great. 
So there's the cardio piece, which is just moving around. There's mm -hmm. activities of daily living, like even twitching your fingers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. there's lifting weights. So mm -hmm. can you go through kind of each of those and why they're important? Yeah, and I like to tell clients, so cardio is really for your heart. People mm -hmm. always come to me, I need to work out five days a week. I need to get all this cardio in. Cardio is really for your cardiovascular system to increase the health of your heart and your vascular system. Lifting weights is to increase the muscle mass. That's it. They're two separate things. Mm -hmm. So walking, playing with your dog, playing with your kids outside, pickleball, tennis, um, you know, what, whatever it is that gets you moving. Apple watches, aura rings, whoops. There's many good devices out there to verify you're actually getting enough activity. They always talk about keeping it in zone two for your mm -hmm. cardiovascular, right? That's hard enough to where you can still speak, but not so hard you can't speak. But you need to be, it needs to be, needs to be difficult to speak whenever you're doing it. So that four, five, six times a week, I mean, every day, um, walk your kid to school, um, walk your dog around the block four times, you know, versus one time he wants to walk four times around the block. Something to get, you know, 20, 30 minutes every day of that kind of activity is excellent for your heart. Lifting weights, resistive weight training, whether you go somewhere like Orange Theory and you do weights while you do cardio or um, F45, there's millions of places out there you can go. It doesn't have to be just in a gym, in a, you know, uh, a big weight room, that kind of thing. Yeah. It can be many different things. You could use bands at home. You could use videos at home. They have the tonal, the um, many different things like that, the mirror that you can use their resistive weights, you know, at home doing it there too. So there's so many different avenues to do it. So I promise you can find something that you like. Uh, mm -hmm. Kelly knows because she was my trainer. I really mm -hmm. did have a little bit of an aversion to lifting weights and it was just in my head because mm -hmm. I've done cardio all mm -hmm. my life mm -hmm. as you know swimming biking running I have no problem with those but I had an idea that I didn't like lifting weights and it actually was just an idea it wasn't based in anything <laughs> it was just a false judgment mm -hmm. and so Kelly helped me find a way to lift weights that I enjoyed and so um, what you taught me which was probably the most important thing is short bursts of heavy weights right. rather than you know what many of us do you know three to five pound weights at a spin class for yeah. 20 minutes and that's really fun uh, but why doesn't that work the thing is that when you lift weights you need to go in with the mindset that you're going to lift weights and it's not the weight that you're putting in your hand and you're moving it when you get the weight in your hand look at your bicep for instance and watch the muscle actually move the weight the intensity the heaviness of the weight needs to be intense enough to make a difference doing two to three to five pound weights that's fun that gets your heart rate up mm -hmm. that doesn't really build muscle now it's better than nothing if that's where you're starting Something is better than nothing, but you need to progress to more intense training to where you can actually build muscle. You need to break it down. You need to feed it with the right foods, and then it will build itself back up. So as we all know, building muscle is a process of actually breaking the muscle down, causing intentional micro-injury, right, mm -hmm. so that the muscle can repair. So one of the things I loved about Kelly's training is that we could get our workout done in 30 minutes mm -hmm. because I love your instruction that if you can do 10 of whatever, just using a bicep curl, for example, if I can do 10, then the weight's not heavy enough. Right. And so, for example, if we're doing three sets of eight and then seven and then six, that doesn't take very long, but now my arms are so sore mm -hmm. that I need a day off. That's so right. So we do a different body group. So yeah. I'm just, this is a very high level overview of what Kelly taught me, right. but I thought it was so fascinating because it was not easy. I mean, it's very difficult, right. but quite short mm -hmm. and very efficient. So you could do a 30 minute workout three times a week with weights and actually build muscle. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about the intensity when you lift weights, mm -hmm. right? Your focus and your control. And that's hard sometimes for people because they get in and everyone wants to, to rack it up really heavy weights and think, I'm going to get stronger if I move all this weight. Really what happens, especially in this midlife range of people that I train, they get in, they rack it up with a bunch of heavy weight, they end up getting injured, then they can't be in the gym at all. Right. So it's really about the intensity and the focus of what you can move. You can get 10 to 12 reps 
add a little bit more. Try not to get to 10 to 12. Once you get to 12 easily, it's time to add weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's great because it's quick. Mm -hmm. And um, if you haven't done this before, it is a great idea if you have the means to have a trainer because you know, one of the things I loved about you is you could make sure that I didn't injure myself because I was using correct form. Mm -hmm. And then once you've developed those skills, and Kelly would do things like making a video of me that I've referred to many times mm -hmm. to make sure my form's correct, you can do these things safely in your own home. But I do definitely recommend if you have the means to have a trainer or some system like the mirror or something like that so that you can make sure your form's correct. Is, yeah. Is that right in your experience? Like that's the main cause of injury, lifting weights? Yeah, whenever just... I see people in the gym, and sometimes even now, they won't ask me to, but I'll see a young girl and she'll have all this weight with really bad form. And I'm just thinking, she really doesn't know when I talk to her about, do you know that that's too heavy for you? She's like, no, I'm just watching this app on my phone. Mm -hmm. And you really don't know. So even if it's for one or two sessions, hiring someone just to help you understand what the form should feel like, where should you be feeling it, mm -hmm. how it should feel, you know, that's very helpful. And again, you're just protecting yourself. So we've learned how to gain muscle. We're using heavy weight, mm -hmm. heavy enough that we can repeat maybe 10 mm -hmm. reps, maybe three times, yep. right? But yep. not too heavy that we get injured. Also eating protein that mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to talk about mm -hmm. in a little bit, some other supplements that can be helpful. Yep. Uh, of course, hormone supplementation is very helpful for maintaining muscle mm -hmm. mass as well. But what's the point of all this? Like, why, why is it that it's so important for women in this context? Most of you are women. For men too, this is true. Why is it so important that we maintain our muscle mass and even add muscle mass as we're getting into the second half of life? Well, gosh, I mean, so much research now has come out, right, as you know, about every decade after 30, we're losing up to 10% of our muscle mass if we do nothing. And everyone, every single person that I train assumes they're eating enough protein. They tell me either I'm a meat eater, I'm a this, I'm a that. When you start doing the math, they are not feeding themselves appropriately to be able to keep the muscle they have much less adding any muscle. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to add muscle mass on, even with supplementation. It's just really a difficult thing. So as you get older, 30, 40s, and 50s, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to start hitting the gym now. I'm going to do this more and more. If you're not feeding it, you can forget it. It's not going to work out. You have to feed the body. Mm -hmm. And we're so accustomed back in the, I don't know, 80s and 90s, you know, low fat. It was high sugar, but low fat things mm -hmm. that we would eat. And yeah. we're all like kind of tricking that this is a good idea. And we now we're starting to realize, no, you need to feed yourself protein and focus on that. Stop counting calories necessarily. Stop thinking about these things. If you feed the right amount of protein, your body's going to react positively. Mm -hmm. Whether you're meat eater or vegetarian, you can make it work for both. Yeah, and so many of you know I don't eat meat, but I've been able to, I was one of those who was eating probably half the amount of protein that I needed uh, because I thought I was getting plenty, but you know, doing an inventory and adding it up I think is really priceless. Mm -hmm. um, so since we're on the subject of protein, mm -hmm. the RDA, the recommended daily amount for the United States, is dramatically too low. Many of mm -hmm. you know that. It actually was set just to prevent malnutrition, which is a different goal than building muscle. But when we're trying to build muscle, how much protein do you recommend? So just to keep it easy for everybody, one gram per body weight of lean mass that you want to weigh. You want to weigh 120, eat 120 grams of protein. I weigh 110, I shoot for 140 a day. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's hard to get because I'm all working out. I'm lifting weights. I'm trying to add a pound or two of muscle. It is not easy to do. Mm -hmm. So I tried it one gram per body weight that you want to weigh. Yeah, so I have in my mind uh, trying to get about 120 grams a day. And I don't always get there, but when I shoot for that goal, at least I know I get 100. Mm -hmm. um, and I love what you said about not counting calories. I, I've found that, first of all, isn't useful using this new nutritional science that we have because calories are not equal. Mm -hmm. It can also cause us to be, me anyway, really obsessed with food. Like I'm constantly counting and wondering what I'm going to eat next. And I really love living life without thinking about food too much, but just having a general sense that I've got enough protein. So every time I sit down to eat, am I getting at least 
20, 30, 40 grams of protein with this meal. And then, you know, just keeping a general sense of it because I know most of you, if you do this, you're not getting your 100 to 140 grams of protein a day. So one gram per ideal body weight because yeah. um, I wasn't. And then, of course, we don't have the building blocks to build muscle with, even if we are lifting weights. That's right. It's really important that they really take an inventory. So if you're watching this and you think, oh, I get plenty, I challenge you for a day or two, write it down, pen and paper on your phone, calculate. If you don't know, Google it. If it's something that's in a package with it, measure it out, weigh it out, and Google what you're eating. You'll be shocked if you're getting 50, maybe 75 grams of protein on one of your best days. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it really requires a lot of work and paying attention to when you're getting it. Yeah, I think this is one, it was for me, one of the main reasons why I have a lot of patients who say, look, I'm doing all this work. I'm doing what you're telling me. I am lifting weights and I'm not seeing the results. And it almost always is something missing nutritionally, mm -hmm. protein, for example. So those two things really go together. And I love this conversation, but as, so now we're building muscle, we're mm -hmm. eating our protein. Why? why? Why are we going to all this trouble? Like, but you indicated that we're losing muscle over time, which is kind of scary when you think about it. Um, but I want you to expand on this a little bit more. We're yeah. in our 50s, yes. right? Many of you yes. are also. Um, it's not going uphill from here, ladies, as far as muscle mass, unless we work at it. So I love this idea that if we want to be really healthy when we're 80, we've got to go into our 60s and 70s with more muscle mass because it is going to drop, right? That's right. So That's right. We can't go I mean, into it. It protects us. It protects us from everything. Right. Our bone loss, mm -hmm. it protects us. I mean, now we're learning Alzheimer's and dementia. All of these uh, neurological disorders are protected via through exercise, via through keeping as most muscle mass as you can as you age. And I recently just did the math myself. The average woman lives to be 79 years old. So her midlife is 39 years old, mm -hmm. not 50, not 60. Yeah. I'm 53. And yeah. so a man lives right now to be 72. So what is he? 36 is his midlife. So mm -hmm. think about when you're 36, when you're 40, you need to be thinking about it then. When you're already in your 50s and 60s, you're already a little behind. So you've really got to pay attention, yeah. right? And be eating for your bone mass, be eating for your brain health, all of these things, your, mm -hmm. your balance, your coordination, all the things which you hope to be able to still use, right? When you're going on vacation, when you're 75, you want to take this trip on a cruise where well, you don't want to be on the walker or, or being on a cane walking there because you're so unstable, you need muscle. Yeah, so true. And um, if you are in your 50s or 60s and you're in a deficient state of muscle mass, which many of you are, you can build muscle. Yes. It's not easy and it is possible. So don't give up and the time to start is right now, even if you're 85. I mean, you That's can right. still Still, eat. you can eat. Right. Eat today. That's right. Write down what you're eating. Look at your protein that you're eating and just start today, adding in little things to get more protein in your day. It's that simple. Yeah, and this is so interesting because we need more protein as we get older uh, for that very reason because we are losing muscle. Mm -hmm. So all these ideas about slowing down as we get older and needing less of things, I think the current science has really turned that around. We actually need to lift more weight and eat more protein as we get older just to balance this natural decline that is happening. Now, if you're in your mid-50s, like I am, mm -hmm. and you know we're already trying pretty hard with this project yeah. and doing, doing the best that I can, but I don't want to stop trying because I want to be able to do certain things when I'm 85, right? Yeah, a basic, exactly. not running a marathon, but just can I uh, walk with my own bag through the airport? Can I put my bag above my head in the plane? Can I get up off the floor? Can I play with my grandkids or go on a cruise without a walker, mm -hmm. like you said? So these very basic activities, if we have a future fantasy life of doing these things in our 80s, this is not a joke. I think of it like a lottery ticket in your pocket that you have right now that if you you could cash it in or you could just let it sit there. I mean, this is how yeah. I think about you know approaching 
the later decades. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's a thing that I think um, we think about it. We get busy. We're raising our families, sending our kids off to college, these things. We're not, we'll get to it when we get to it. But there's really no time like now to do it. Mm -hmm. And the first way to, to start is just watch what you're eating. Look at your diet. Don't worry about counting calories like you said. And just count your protein. How much in this meal that I'm eating right now today, how much protein is in there? And just start calculating it. Just start being aware. Awareness is half the game. Mm -hmm. Because once you are aware, then you're going to realize, oh, I do need to I need a protein shake. I needed this. I need something else. I need to watch my labels. Where is my protein coming from? Mm -hmm. People think that peanut butter and nuts have a lot of protein. They're really great high fat foods. They're not great high protein foods. But once you start paying attention, it's actually easy. Like you said, you can be 85. Look today. What are you having for dinner? Tomorrow morning, what are you eating in the morning? Just start somewhere. And the mm -hmm. food is the easiest thing to start with. Yeah, this is really kind of basic and so critical that this idea that you mentioned that we can just put it off until later, and, and I, I struggle with this too. I think we all do as humans. Mm -hmm. Oh, when I'm 65, I'll be able to do this, or after whatever, after the kids leave, after they get married, after I retire, I can do this. Mm -hmm. But we really only have this block of time, right? Maybe I have 30 or 40 years left if I'm really lucky. That's the time we have. Mm -hmm. uh, and like putting money in the bank, we get much more out of it now than we will later. So it really is important, just this idea of feeding ourselves for life, like you mm -hmm. said, and then the exercise part. And you, you alluded to some really interesting things. We've talked about some of these. Uh, everyone could assume that having more muscle mass, well, it helps your posture, it helps with pain, it helps you be able to move around more, makes you look cute in a bikini. I mean, those are great things. But some really important diseases have been associated with having yeah. more muscle mass now as we get older, right? There have been. I mean, from all the dementia, Alzheimer's, um, a lot of the neuro other neuro neurological disorders. Um, having muscle mass seems to be the new super, super power of mm -hmm. your body, right? The more muscle you have, the healthier that you are in all realms of il illnesses. Yeah, the, and the kind of obvious ones like heart disease and diabetes mm -hmm. prevention, also prevention of several cancers. We live longer. I mean, so it isn't a small thing. It's uh, probably the most important thing. Uh, you know, certainly if you ask me, Five years ago, I might have had a different answer, but if there were one thing, if you had to just do one thing, it really, to me now, would be exercise. Now, of course, there's mm -hmm. 10 things, but that would top the list because it does cure so many other problems just by itself. It takes care of our weight, reduces the risk of all of those diseases. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a higher risk of one of those diseases, maybe you've got heart disease or you've got a genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's or something like that, this is where you could really use exercise to your benefit, right? I mean, this yes. is one of the ways. And, and you have a personal story about that. I do. I just recently had all my uh, cardiac panel done, as you know, and it came back showing that I had a genetic predisposition for Alzheimer's. I think it was 42% could be increased. But all the literature is pointing to the number one thing to combat that besides excellent fish oil and keeping... I like to say my brain lubed up, mm -hmm. but also just exercise, yeah. cardiovascular conditioning in that zone two and zone three, and lifting weights. The more muscle you have, had so many high markers on people with Alzheimer's that did not have this, and the way to help offset, or um, they don't use the word prevent, but offset early onset and things like that was exercise, four, mm -hmm. five, six days a week. Some days were heavy, some days were lighter, lifting weights, just mixing it up from dancing to pickleball to lifting weights. All the new things that you can learn and do, the better. And the more that you are getting your heart rate up and getting a good sweat on while you do it, even better. Mm -hmm. Which is really amazing because until recently, 
I know I thought as a physician, if we have a genetic predisposition for something, there's nothing you can do about it, right? It's just your fate, and this mm -hmm. is just what your genetics have presented for you. But that really isn't true. And I have Alzheimer's in my family, too, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons we talk about it a lot here, because hopefully we'll live long enough that we could be at risk yeah. for this, right? But uh, people who do have that particular family history, and we're both in that group, or maybe your particular family history has type 2 diabetes, heart disease, or certain cancers, you can really move that needle by exercising and particularly yeah. lifting weights, which is quite amazing. Um, we don't 100% understand why yet, right. uh, but we do know that it's true. But the research is showing, right? So, yeah, so, so many studies coming out. Yeah, about it's, it. just in the past five years or so. So this is all mm -hmm. pretty new. Uh, so we don't, I don't tell people anymore, okay, well, this is just too bad. You're going to have these diseases. No, it's really just putting a fire under making lifestyle changes because what we're talking about are taking certain supplements. That's and we right. talk about omega 3s. Um, talked about that before. So for brain health, Lots of studies showing that really is helpful. Mm -hmm. Obviously, all the other things that we've talked about, but that makes me excited that you could you mm -hmm. can actually really change the outcome of the second half of your life just with yeah. with these uh, daily life changes, right? Me too. I think it's so important now that there's so much different testing out there, so many ways that you can take control of it. You, you know, maybe your grandmother's grandmother had Alzheimer's, and so you know it's in your family, but you're not really sure how or why. There's so many tests now that you can go and, and have done. And I know some of my clients, you know, oh, I'm afraid I don't want to know. But I'm opposite. Not everyone mm -hmm. wants to, but I want to know because I feel like I can help myself with these modalities, whether it's exercise, whether it's more fish oil. Maybe my body processes things different than your body processes. So I need to have my own testing done so I can see how everything I'm taking works and how my body is being optimized, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that just makes me so excited, kind of like my own experiment yeah. on myself because I'm like, how how can I make this work for myself? And then maybe it will help my kids, right? My own family, oh, yeah. right? That's so important. And so um, it, it's very exciting to me. It doesn't, it doesn't worry me as much as I know, okay, I have all these tools. Now I'm ready to use them and see how they work. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. I think information could only be good, even if you found out that you had a gene that was unfavorable that you wish you didn't have. There are things you can do about it, and there are mm -hmm. things that we're talking about, just lifestyle changes. And what I've actually found in a lot of patients, now arguably you're doing all these things anyway, sure. right? And that's great, so that'll just remind you to keep doing that, and yeah. me too. But I've had frequently had patients who were not doing these things. Maybe they'd been in that group we've talked about that are like, well, I'll just start exercising when the kids are gone, or when I retire, I'm don't have time for it right now. But maybe they find out that they uh, do have this genetic marker for Alzheimer's and that's really motivated them to get going. So I think it, there's so many ways that you could use that information positively. Right. I totally agree. I mean, no different than getting a mammogram. I mean, I have patients who are afraid to get a mammogram. You know, you catch it early, it's totally treatable. So I think right. it's all in the same I think it's just in, that, it's in that, that old thinking that I'd rather just not know ignorance is bliss. But now, yeah. maybe back 25 years ago, there right. wasn't as good of treatments or processes. Now there's so much technology and so much information out there that if you find out, you have so many years to mm -hmm. prevent or have an excellent quality of life versus not having a great quality of life. I mean, I feel like you feel. Let's take it and figure out what can we do with it. Yeah. Well, I think that's true. If there was nothing you could do, well, sure, I wouldn't want to know. Right. I, I would just go on enjoying my life. But yeah. We're talking about things that you can do, and we're talking about 30 minutes, five or six days a week. I mean, right. this isn't something that's going to upset your life in any way. In fact, you'll feel great. Um, right. I, I've told you this before, but when I started lifting weights, and it's you know, probably been about five years now mm -hmm. prior to that, I was only doing cardio. I feel so much stronger mentally now having mm -hmm. more muscle mass. 
And I know a lot of you might have experienced that too. I remember one day when, you know, when you take your Christmas ornaments up to the attic or you're carrying a heavy <laughs> box uh, before I left to wait. So it was sort of like, oh, can someone help me? I was just feeling feeble, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. mentally. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I want to be the person who says, I got this. I can do it within reason. Still, I don't want to <laughs> lift anything yeah. heavy enough to injure me. But this uh, mental strength thing, I think, is also another uh, benefit that you'll find if you do start lifting weights. It, it just makes you feel good. You, it's it's it such a confidence strong. builder right. to realize, oh, I just did this. Right. And I can do it again. Many yeah. ladies that I train, you know, they have trouble doing a squat or trouble just doing the basics. Once they get it, they're like, holy cow. Like, yeah. I can do oh, I can do this. I can do many things. It just, it's a confidence builder. We've been trained to not go in the gym and it's not a thing. I don't want to look like a man, all these other right. misconceptions. But once you start doing it, you realize, wow, I can, my body is strong. I can handle whatever comes at me. Yeah. That, that is an amazing side effect. Just this feeling of I've got whatever's coming at me. I can do this. I've mm -hmm. got this. And I think weightlifting, most people who lift weights describe some version of that, I think yeah. mentally, which is really cool. So Another really important disease yep. is osteoporosis, and mm -hmm. that's in my family. My mom is 90, and she has severe osteoporosis. She's lost six inches of height, wow. can't move around, uh, you know, pain. It's uncomfortable. Yes, she's 90, but that is not a good quality of life. Uh, so I'm very uh, adamant about doing everything I can to protect my bones. Uh, my bone density is normal. It's the same as a 30-year-old, and uh, that is largely just due to lifestyle changes that women in my mom's age group didn't have an opportunity to benefit from. But... Tell me about your experience with that. I mean, bone health is so important. So our muscles help our bones to grow, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because my mom, my own mom, um, she won't want me to say her age on here, but she's yeah. older. Um, she dances every weekend. She goes dancing mm -hmm. and she lifts weights twice a week. She's super strong. She also has the bones of a 40-year-old. Wow. My mom is not near 40 as I'm 53. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle... He was 99, rode his bicycle every single day in the kitchen, lifted weights two days a week, did all the stretches. Again, excellent bone health. It's just, it takes a very little bit of movement too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require that much. Like you said about your mom, um, back then there wasn't enough testing and things like this for her to, maybe if there was testing and she was able to do it, she would know and then she could have been moving. Yeah. So that's just another um, reason why we have all these avenues out here to us to find out how healthy we are so then we can act on them. We can be proactive because yeah. man, bone health. Well, I mean, if your bones are feeble, you can't walk, your posture's terrible, you can't right. breathe well, all of these things. It's right. so important. Yeah. And it's just basic stuff. We, we know this, right? So I can feel on my body when I have good muscle mass, I've got better posture. I've got get better balance. I'm not going to trip over and break something, and then I won't be able to exercise because of my injury. And when that happens, I've, I've used this statistic before, if we break a hip as women and we're over 70, 25% yep. chance we'll die within the first year. I mean, it yep. just is a rapid downhill. Even with a month of immobility, we lose, I think, 20% of our muscle. Yeah, it's amazing, really great. Amazing amount of muscle loss. So if we're 75 and have a hip fracture and then we're in bed for three weeks, it's really hard to come back from that. Uh, not to say you cannot come back from that, but yeah. I mean, now you've just made it this much You need to harder. be in really good shape if you have that happen to you <laughs> because it's right. really hard to come back, yeah. Yeah, so we, exactly. So we don't want to break a hip when we're in terrible shape and now we can't exercise ever again, which is what happened to my right. mom. And then you just see that, that 15, 20 yeah, year downhill wow. slide towards the end. Um, so sometimes I just think if the point of this is something very simple, like why are we doing all this stuff about wellness? To me, it just comes down to, I want to live as long as I can and then die very quickly. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, basically that's it, right? So how do we increase our health span? Just being healthy for a long time. Like maybe I'll live to 90 and then die in my sleep. That's everybody's dream. Now we can't guarantee that, but what we can do is set up the conditions to make it even possible. Mm -hmm. 
because for someone like my mom, I mean, that is just not possible. Uh, so we make the conditions possible and then we deal with whatever comes. But like you said, if you're strong, so this is where it comes into things yeah. like cancer. If you're strong and physically fit and you get cancer, your survival rate is much higher than someone with the same exact disease who's less fit and strong. And that might sound obvious, but it improves our immune system, our ability right. to heal, oxygenation of our tissues, I mean, everything. So if we have any interest, and I'm guessing you do because you're listening to this, in wellness, longevity, long health span, mm -hmm. there's no way to get there without doing this. There just isn't. No, there's not. There's not mm -hmm. a magic anything to do it. No. You just need to move. But you don't have to, it's not to be so dramatic. Just try 30 minutes twice yeah. a week. Start there. Start, and start calculating how much you're eating. What am I eating? How much protein am I getting? And those are just the two basic facts of life. If you did that, you would notice a difference. Within a month, you'd be like, okay, I can move a little bit more. I can do a little bit yeah. more. You just need that first little kickstart, but you have to do it yourself. Yeah. No one can no one can do it for you. Yeah. And then the other, so that's just the other side of the coin. Yes, you have to do it yourself. I have to mm -hmm. do it myself. And I can do it. Mm -hmm. And and there are people out there to help. So mm -hmm. if you are starting from being sedentary or close to it, yeah, maybe you start with just a little bit and then having someone help you put together a plan of how to accelerate right. that to where we want to go over a period of time. And maybe it takes six months to get to working out five days a week. But right. um, there are so many resources out there. We've mentioned a lot of them. Mm -hmm. it, it's something that you can do. And probably most of you save money. I always liken it to putting money in the bank, your 401k or whatever. You don't want to start that when you're 65, right? You want to start right. it when you're younger. Yeah. And you know, just think about community. There's so many communities out there. F find one that speaks to you, right? Or what maybe it's a, a spiritual community that you're a member of or, or a women's group that you're a member of or something mm -hmm. like, or a work community that you're of. There are, there are other people like you out there that need the same support and help. Maybe you're at the gym and you both hire the same trainer and you work together. Like you just need some group, some people, someone around you to give you that little push, right? And you push them back. Yeah. So community is so important, especially when you're first starting out, however you can find it. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your daughter, your son, or something, just something. Look around you. There'll be someone in the same boat as you wanting help, and you guys can help each other too. Mm, that's a great idea. Yeah. And why some people like me like exercise classes, I know not everybody mm -hmm. does, but I love uh, working out in a group setting mm -hmm. for that very reason. I love having other people around, it motivates me. Mm -hmm. Some people hate that, they can't think of anything worse than going yeah. to a class. Uh, sometimes I'll see uh, women walking together in the neighborhood, or yep. it's just, it's so, it's such a great habit to get into. And I guarantee you, everybody, need somebody to yeah. help them. So it's a positive a environment, idea. right? You're spreading positivity to someone else and yeah. they're giving it back to you. Yeah. What could be better? Yeah, that is a really great point. Yeah. So Kelly's going to be at the next retreat. She was at our last retreat yep. in March. So um, what are we going to, we're going to be doing all of this kind of stuff at the retreat. This is the sort of things we talk about. Yeah. Um, Meg Ellis was here last week talking about what she's offering and Yaniv Shanti a few weeks before that. So uh, just a reminder, the retreat this, this time is in November, uh, November 10th through the 13th or 14th, if you want to stay an extra day in Costa Rica. So we'll be at the beach, enjoying all the lovely things at the beach. And then what, what are you going to be offering? So we're going to be talking about some somatic movement. And that is really where we're going to have some different sayings and things that we're going to do and move our body and move our minds to that. Because even though I'm a trainer and I work out your body, I also work on your mind, your joy. We talk about finances, your career. We talk about everything that makes you you that affects the way that you move, right? And so we're going to be talking about a lot of that and doing a lot of movement. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so remember the title of this retreat is Activating Happiness in mm -hmm. Midlife. So we are approaching all of this from a really joyful point of view. And I know a lot of people don't associate exercise or movement with joy, but Kelly's going to help you find <laughs> some ways to make That's it right. fun. We're actually be doing a lot of different movement mm -hmm. activities that don't be scared. All yeah. really fun. They're going to be fun and they're going to be for all, all skill levels. It will take no, no prior knowledge to be able to do them. But it's really good whenever we use our voice, our body, and our breath all at the same time. It kind of ingrains it in our movement, right? You hear about muscle memory all the time. Well, your mm -hmm. muscles will remember. We'll be on the retreat and we'll be doing this several times a day and doing different things. So it's going to be a super fun. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's, all, it's a fun way to work out. It, it, so, And this is so important. We've got to find a way to make it fun, right? Mm -hmm. Because... In as much as you might think that exercise is dreadful, and I know a, a lot of my patients feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's like it's such a, in their mind, such a grind to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to go. It's a but, chore. Right. I mean, it's one more thing to check off to do. And that is honestly, like I mentioned how mm -hmm. I felt about lifting weights. It's like, all right, I know I have to do it, but it's going to suck. Mm -hmm. That was how my mind spelled it out. Uh, but uh, just understanding that's not necessarily true. You can find a way to enjoy it. I mm -hmm. mean, if I can enjoy lifting weights, anybody can. <laughs> uh, I personally found a way to enjoy it at yeah. Orange Theory because yeah. they've got yeah. music and all those yeah. things. And I would not have known how to get the most out of Orange Theory if I hadn't had a trainer first because yeah. I would have been doing little light weights, yeah. but now I don't. So you can find a way to make it fun. And I don't want anyone to do anything that's not fun. I mean, I want every my, – my hope right. is that we enjoy every moment of our life, right, including mm -hmm. when we're – doing whatever the movement part of our life is. That's so right. it it doesn't have to be terrible. And I know a lot of you are thinking that. I'm just going to say a lot <laughs> of other people might be thinking, well, this is something that you guys can do because, look, you're slim and all of these things. Well, first of all, it doesn't happen naturally. You, you, can, you can achieve whatever body composition that you desire. And we happen to be small-framed women. Not everybody's in that group. You can be very healthy with a different shape body. I mean, it's all different shapes and sizes. But what's important yeah. is how much muscle and how much fat we have. That's when, right. Wouldn't you say that's true? Absolutely. Yeah, even when I'm, when I'm training clients, you have a great machine in your office, the in-body machine that really gives you body composition. I don't like to see the number on the scale specifically. It's really about your body comp. You're right. Yeah. You know, wherever your distribution is, and we work on that. Yeah. So, uh, yes, weight it doesn't matter. Your size doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, people's frames are different. People's skeletons are different sizes. So um, we can measure easily on a body composition machine. You might have one at your local gym or some of your physicians might have one. You can get some home ones that are they're okay, not mm -hmm. quite as accurate, but looking at how much muscle mass you have, because that is important. I think um, there's another group of women that, that you work with, and I do mm -hmm. too, who are very slender on a scale. They don't weigh very much. Right. Um, and they have lived... This was one of the things I was doing, thinking, oh, well, I'm, I'm not too heavy. My weight is appropriate, so therefore I must be healthy. But in that setting, my muscle mass was actually very low, and my body fat was higher yeah. than it should be, even though the scale said my weight was fine. So throw away the scale, <laughs> unless yeah. it's a body composition. It's really the body scale. composition. Actually, mm -hmm. I had someone just this week tell me, I need to lose 10 more pounds by my birthday. I'm like, well, let's get you on the body comp and see if that's true. Right. Let's, let's look and see what that looks like, because really... And no one likes to hear it, but muscle weighs more than fat. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you could be a 120-pound female, but you could have no muscle. You could have 30, 40 pounds of muscle in your whole body and the rest be body fat. That's not good. No. So your weight, your composition needs to change, but your weight may not change. Yes. Your body weight may not change. So it's very important to know the difference. As an example of an extreme, my mom, who I mentioned is 90, is this tiny little 
ball of a lady now. Mm-hmm. She's a petite little thing. She hardly weighs anything, but she's probably got about 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, she's very, very little. I might not even be exaggerating. I mean, she's lost all of her muscle yeah. now. So you, taking it to that extreme, you could be extremely unhealthy and weigh 110 pounds. That's right. Yeah. That's right. On the other hand, you might weigh 180 pounds and be very healthy. So it's not anything right. to do with weight. We really. Well, I find ladies also that I train that are a little bit heavier in body weight have more muscle mass, right? Because they're mm-hmm. carrying around the weight. That's so true. we just have to try to shed some of the visceral fat in the middle a little bit to kind of get their body comps more accurate. Their weight might not go down that much, 10 or 20 pounds, but health-wise, their markers are all going up really well. Mm-hmm. So it's not about necessarily what you look like. It's about what that body comp says. Yeah, it's really is- important to look at those. Yeah, I, I, I think that's such a great tool as well. And I, I used to have a bathroom scale, and I threw it away. I mean, it just isn't I haven't had scale in years either. I love no. the machines. They're way better. Not a useful tool. Yeah. That's right. So um, Kelly's going to put her information below about where you can find her. We'll put a link to the retreat as well. We're going to have so much fun. I think as of this moment, we only have three spots left. Yep. So grab them. We cannot wait to see you at this retreat. Um, and it's always so great to have you here. Thank I, you. What, what I, I love so much about what you teach because it's so important and it's also so simple. It is. It is. You know, you don't, you don't have to, again, you don't start seven days a week and four hours a day and only eat salad. That is not the way it works. No. You want to do something you can do forever. Like you said, you want to promote longevity. So what can we get you to do that you can do forever? Is that going to be 30 minutes twice a week total for you? That's what it is. That's what it's going to be then, mm-hmm. right? That something is better than nothing. What can you do forever? And that's really the best way to approach it. Don't try to bite off so much because you're never going to finish it. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of every fad diet. You get on it and you get off. You get on and you get off. And you, and you don't ever finish anything. Let's right. make something you can actually finish. Yeah. And I can tell you, because this happened to me, these two changes that you helped me to make have really changed my life. And that's eating enough protein. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's 120 grams mm-hmm. a day. I get there most of the day. Mm-hmm. And then lifting some moderately heavy weights, mm-hmm. heavier than I was doing before. No more than, for me, no more than three times a week changed my life. It's changed my risk of a whole bunch of diseases. It's probably extended my life by however many years. I mean, the extent to which those two changes have helped me is more than any other intervention that I've made, I can tell you. The hormones, the vitamins, everything else, that was more important. Yeah. 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 So thank you. You're welcome. It's awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, don't forget to subscribe, share it with your friends, and I can't wait to see you next week.